Hi, I'm Ellie. And I'm Anna, and this is the Time of Our Lives podcast. It's a podcast all about university, its ups and downs and everything in between, hosted by two current students at the University of Exeter. Just a quick disclaimer, all views are our own and do not necessarily reflect the experiences everyone will have at university. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to our podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed the first episode. Um, this episode, we thought that we'd talk about uni workload and how it differs to A-levels, what kind of things we've been doing. I mean, we can only speak on behalf of our own subjects, so I study English. Yeah, and I study history and philosophy, so they're both quite essay-based and, and lots of reading. But if you're interested in doing a subject like that, then we can help. <laughs> yeah, if not, then yeah, maybe we said last episode that maybe in the future we'd get some people on who do different subjects so stay tuned for that yeah and I feel like we kind of vaguely know like both our housemates do geography and medical sciences so we kind of have a bit of a range yeah we see what they do (laughs) what they don't do work-wise um okay so we'll start by like talking about what your timetable is actually made up of because obviously at school you just get given like an hour English then maths and whatever um and it's just like a lesson and I think it's like up to the teacher really what you do um but at uni you'll have at least for our subjects you'll have a a couple of lectures a week and a few seminars like depending on how many modules you're taking um so we wanted to like take it to basics and basically just make sure you know like what a lecture and a seminar actually are if you've never been to uni because I did not know what a seminar was and when I saw it on my timetable I was like what what does this mean um so yeah so um a lecture basically you'll have a doctor, professor, just someone who teaches at the uni, standing at the front doing a little presentation and explaining everything to you. You'll just sit and take notes independently. You won't be talking to anyone or anything. You might not even talk to anyone the whole lecture. No. Um, you can make notes on your laptop. I prefer to make notes by hand still, but I know you do Yeah, laptop, I do laptop. Um, they'll literally just talk at you for an hour, which is a bit <laughs> of a weird concept. Um and you'll wonder how you'll be able to concentrate for that long, or at least I know I did, because um, I think at school lessons are so interactive. But you get used to it pretty quickly, especially because if they talk really fast, cause, and if you're like me and you try to get absolutely everything down, then yeah. you'll be really busy for that time, and they can get long and a bit boring, but generally lectures are fine. Some lectures are recorded, but it depends completely on your uni and your subject. So all of my lectures are recorded, which is really good when I'm going back through my notes and filling in gaps or when I'm revising. Yeah, it can be tempting if they're recorded to not go. Like, I've definitely had that. I remember last time I missed quite a few because I just thought, oh, I can just catch up on it from my bed. This is great. But this last term just gone I actually I I didn't I missed maybe one lecture and it was so much better if you can get into that habit of actually going I found anyway just to get it out the way and actually go and you know if you've got friends on your course to just see people I know you won't talk much during the lecture but um actually going and getting it out the way I think is a lot better than sitting in your bed and having it feels like it's more your own time if you're doing it at home so it's a bad habit to take up really but I I can really I understand the appeal (laughs) I feel like I get more out of lectures if I'm actually there because if I'm watching at home then I'll be chatting to you guys as it's on I'll be on my phone yeah and you'll miss stuff there'll just be so many more distractions it's just so much nicer being on uni being in that kind of work zone and just getting it done and learning things like 
that's why you're here it's fun yeah absolutely (laughs) and especially if you don't have very many contact hours like us then it is good to make the most of it otherwise it kind of doesn't feel like you're at uni apart from the deadlines yeah (laughs) um so aside from lectures you'll have like what are known as seminars or tutorials which are where you're in smaller groups um in your lectures everyone who takes your module in theory should be there um so it's generally in a big hall or theater type thing um whereas seminars or tutorials are smaller groups and i think the maximum i've had is maybe 20 but it's like 10 to 20 people um and your tutor and your tutor will just ask you to discuss whatever's been in the lecture that week more in depth um kind of more of a similar style to school classes um I know for some of mine we haven't been given a worksheet as such but they'll give us a sheet with questions on yeah we can then discuss them with each other yeah you have to write stuff down still yeah you'll bounce ideas off each other and some seminars I make more notes than others like depending on whether it's just purely discussion or whether what's discussed I think I could use um in an essay or something um, and they sound really intimidating. Like, I remember before having my first one, I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to have to speak and like come up yeah. with these ideas. And there's this, um, well, I know that Oxbridge kind of pushed the fact that loads of their education, their method of education is like tutorials and the idea of you like arguing with your tutor about, I don't know what issues. And I was like, oh my God, like, am I going to have to do that? But don't worry, honestly. Um, I really enjoy seminars and tutorials now, especially if you've got a good tutor and a good group of people. It's not as intimidating once you've tried talking. Yeah, I wasn't such a fan in first year, but I think I just got into the flow of it a bit more. I think what happened with me in first year was there were a lot of people that would act like they're like talking the talk. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, oh, I'm at uni, I'm going to show off like loads basically and it's a bit intimidating at first but once you realize that everyone's in the same boat you've all done incredibly well to get to uni and you do know what you're talking about yeah you just put ideas forward and you won't even think twice about doing it yeah it doesn't even have to be the best point ever like this is genuinely a point I made in a seminar we were talking about um it was history and my module was gender um class and culture um, and it was basically about the suffragettes and we we're talking about feminism and the feminist movement and I had this great lecture and it was all girls actually so I felt really comfortable talking about it but I was talking about like what the definition of feminism is and I used the analogy of like whether a girl should text a boy first or not and whether it can be considered okay um, <laughs> because what well, my point was okay I'm going on a complete tangent here but my point was basically that um, someone once said to me like if you don't text a boy first then you're not a feminist because you're not taking all your chances and my view was well no if I don't want to then I shouldn't have to but like that's the whole point of feminism is the choice it's not it's avoiding gender stereotypes it's not going to the extreme of saying right well you have to do all these things that girls traditionally haven't done it's that okay you have that choice mm. but you don't have to and my lecturer was like yes that is the best <laughs> definition of feminism I've ever heard so like it doesn't have to be that intellectual yeah. Um, it's just great to actually like use your voice and get experience talking and bouncing ideas with people. Yeah, quite often as well, I'll literally just say, if I have, feel like I haven't contributed this lecture, I'll kind of go off of a point that was a seminar, sorry. I'll go off of a point that was raised in the lecture. Yeah. So you, do, like, you don't even have to come up with your own things. You can just like start off the conversation by yeah. being like, oh, I found this really interesting in the lecture. And then, yeah, yeah that'll be fine. And also, especially in the first few when only I feel like there's certain people who always talk um, and that's great it's not a bad thing but it's nice to mix it up so 
if in the first few people aren't talking then and you feel like you have something to say even if you're not that sure whether it would be of any worth just go for it and I'm, I guarantee everyone else will just be grateful that you've mixed it up a bit and someone mm. else is you know taking control of the conversation but equally I understand it can be really nerve-wracking to do that in the first few weeks so just when you're comfortable I'd yeah. say have a go and just try not to worry about seminars or tutorials. Reassuringly though like I think most of my tutors have been really good at if you say a point that's not the best point ever, they'll still get something out of it. Yeah, they, and they will appreciate They'll lead it. the discussion yeah. with you kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's the basics of like what lectures and seminars are. Um, so now we thought we'd like talk about what your week will actually look like because everyone's heard of the lack of contact hours you have. And I think me and Ellie have worked out that we have like on average between us like nine hours of contact mm-hmm. a week, something like that. I think... Um, this time just gone I actually only had like six at one point um, which is less than a full school day um, of what you usually have every Monday to Friday so it can seem crazy um, that you'll have so few hours and you think oh my god I'm gonna have all the time in the world to do whatever and just relax Um, spoiler you won't (laughs) there's so much extra stuff and reading and that is why if you're like a humanities student you'll have such little contact hours yeah so Shall I start? And just yeah, go for it. Um, so as an English student, generally for each module, so I do two modules a term, and each module I'll generally have a book a week plus essays to go along with the book. Um, so I'll read them at the beginning of the week, and then I'll have a lecture on the book, maybe two lectures on kind of different viewpoints and things. Um, and then at the end of the week, I'll have a seminar where we can discuss the lectures, what we thought... Um, bring in other readings and things like that um for me because I'm split between history and philosophy um but it's actually it's actually quite similar I'll have yeah usually a lecture per module and then a tutorial or seminar per module and I had three modules a term um this year and four modules a term last year um in terms of modules like if you don't know what they are it's basically just picking like your your topic of study for the term mm-hmm. so before you go to uni I think you'll get sent like module options there'll be a few that you have to do um in first year for sure and then there was I think one I had to do this year um and then apart from that you can well I could just rank what I wanted um and you won't necessarily get your first choice um but they try and make sure that you get your first choice where possible um i have to say as well extra really good at flexibility with modules so i mean for the english course i'm obviously going on what i know but <laughs> yeah english you can do such a good mix of um really really old literature you can do modern literature i've done i think two or three film modules now as well yeah. so you can literally pick anything so when you're applying to unis if you haven't already just make sure you look at the modules and check yeah. that unis do a range of things and that I'm sure there will be something that you like that you don't want to yeah. end up stuck somewhere. Like, I'd hate going somewhere that literally just focused on old literature because that's not what I'm into. Yeah. Whereas here you get a range of modules. Yeah, there is definitely a huge range and that's great. Um, and it's funny because I feel like some people who do the same subjects as me will come out and will have the same degree but will have studied completely different things, especially what I find in history because obviously there's a lot that makes up history and... <laughs> I personally much prefer modern to medieval, early modern history. So that's like the last 200, 300 years. Um, whereas I have friends who love 
stuff that's in like the 14th or 15th century which is just far <laughs> way too far back for me um, but I literally know nothing about what they do and equally they don't know much about what I do so it's quite nice it's a bit odd to get your head around um, but the flexibility of kind of making up your own degree in a way is really great um, and that yeah that's what your modules are so then after you've got your timetable and you've got like lectures and seminars you'll generally for our subjects have set readings um each week which well for, like Ellie said for her it might be a book for me it's usually like articles or chapters for philosophy of um it can either be like a secondary article or like something that literally like Plato published well then mm-hmm. he published himself but um <laughs> uh and then for history it could be like looking at primary sources or reading chapters from historians work or journals things like that um and that is where <laughs> That is what will take up the majority of your time when you're not writing essays or going to lectures or seminars. Yeah, it would take up loads of time. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> underestimate it. It's really annoying. Uh, you'll quickly learn your pace of reading, though. Like, I'm quite a quick reader. So during first year, I got into the habit of... Like, I kind of learned how many pages I could do an hour of a certain book and would then, like, adjust my day to that sort of thing. Yeah, see, I think I'm still astonished by how long it can take me to read an article just because I'm one of those people who I just make a stupid amount of notes, but I don't know, to me, I feel like I couldn't condense them. But, like, other people will see how much I've written and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> but I just don't understand how they write less, but because it, because I'm not... If, it's, if it were just reading, I feel like it wouldn't take as much time. Like, it would still take a sizable amount of time, but it's the fact that I'm trying to make notes at the same time. So that does that does add up a lot, really. I don't know about um, you as well, but with English, it's pretty good in that. I mean, I wouldn't recommend just looking at your reading lists and being like, okay, I'm not going to read that book. But if you're struggling with a certain book, say there have been a couple of books that I've gone halfway through and just thought, you know what, this is awful. I know for a fact I'm not going to write my essay on yeah. it. So I'll just read the first half and then I'll move on to, to know reading the essays and learning a bit more about it. You do have the flexibility to do that. I wouldn't recommend doing it every week at yeah. all. But if there are certain books that you're not enjoying and you know that you're not going to be forced to write an essay on it, yeah. then there's no harm, really not doing as much work on it yeah I probably shouldn't say this but if it gets to the point in time where your deadlines are coming up and what you're doing you know you're not going to have to do in an essay or an exam and you've been to the lectures you can generally turn up to the seminars and get away with it um I wouldn't recommend it if you have time to slot it in but sometimes there just isn't time because you've got so many deadlines coming at the same time and you've got to focus on your readings for those and that is okay at the end of the day yeah. I know loads of people who don't bother at all and literally do the bare minimum of what they need for their essays and exams um wouldn't recommend that because I think it's a waste of time well I know I think it's not making use of your time at uni um yeah. you're paying nine That's grand at the end it. of the day you may as well do as much as you can hopefully you're doing a degree that interests you so it won't be so tedious doing all this work but um when push comes to shove there are going to be times when you're not going to be able to manage all of the reading and that's all right you just have to prioritize it's more about like going with the flow seeing what you're doing certain weeks i mean i wouldn't if you skipped three books then i'd maybe (laughs) prioritize making a bit more time the week after but yeah it's not so rigid as school is yeah um and speaking of which you will once you started your modules had like you'll have generally an introductory lecture and seminar where 
um, your professors will do the majority of the work for you and then you'll be expected to like get into the swing of things, start your reading, get on top of things, contribute more. And slowly but surely your deadlines will start coming up. So you will probably be given those at the start of term and um, you'll basically have like, so generally I think I've had, it's just a mix of essays and exams basically, Mm -hmm. Um, but it depends on your module. So in first term, I actually had no exams in January and only essays, which I thought was gonna be great because I find revision and exams quite stressful, but actually um, it meant that I had a ridiculous amount of deadlines and from the sixth week of uni this year, I had an essay and I think every other week until Christmas and then a presentation and it was horrific. So I went, I'm definitely going more for the exam route next time, but it's personal <laughs> preference. Really. Yeah, see, I'm the opposite. I hate exams, um, but I way prefer, way prefer essays so much. Um, so I think I had, I didn't have any January exams and I had two exams in the summer. Um, but generally for me, each module had one essay. Uh, no, each module <laughs> had either two essays or an essay and an exam. So they'd be split 45% each and then it would be 10% seminar participation. So that was generally an essay every three weeks, I'd say. Because we had, I don't know, do you have formatives and summatives as well? Uh, I think I only had one formative this year. Okay, so, so formative is where the mark doesn't actually count towards your grade and summative means that it does in first year I think your first few essays will all be formative so they won't count and even though first year itself doesn't count towards your degree like they won't count your record if they're a formative assessment um no I think this year I didn't have any I had like one formative which was really sad (laughs) (laughs) we get um for each module we have a formative I think all of the time whether that's a presentation or an essay we always have a formative before the summatives, mm, so which, yeah, is so helpful. I mean, there are quite a few people who in second year have just given up on doing formatives, but I would so not recommend that because formatives are just a chance to find your feet in the module. Mm. You'll look back on those formatives when you're writing your summatives and find that they're really, really helpful. So don't neglect them. Yeah, if you get them, make the most of them because I miss them. Um, <laughs> so yeah, once you see your deadlines generally you'll get a choice of essay questions or even the opportunity to make your own depending on the module and what the lecturer wants and once you've chosen your essay it's good to get ahead and start what reading for them because for us it's all about the reading and then putting your own opinion on top of that based on the reading you've done um often there are for me i know the suggested reading lists Um, or things like for philosophy it's called the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy which is fabulous and will save your life on essays (laughs) you just type it in and it gives you general background and additional reading for topics Um, but I won't bore you with that Um, (laughs) that sounds dreamy (laughs) yeah it is quite good it's great Um, and I'd recommend starting at least two weeks before your essay's due when it got to the crux of it in first term when I had so many essay deadlines this year I literally gave myself two weeks for each essay and that's all I could. I wish I'd had more time. So I do a week of reading and then a week to write up the essay. Yeah, see, I'm pretty much the same. I probably go three weeks before. Yeah, I would have liked to. Um, Yeah, if you've got the freedom to do it, then do it. And what I normally do is I'll give... I'm quite a scheduler. So (laughs) I write down certain dates and I'll be like, okay, say it's a 2,000 word essay. I'll be like, I want to have done the introduction by here. I want to have done 500 words by here, like so on, so on. And then I'll give myself 
five days because I go over my essays so many times and just basically rewrite chunks of them all the time. Yeah, see, I can I'm, never leave them alone. I'm the opposite and I bash it out. Like, even though I've said that I'd give myself a week for writing, realistically, it would be like a couple or a few days of getting all my notes together, planning what I'm actually going to use in my essay, planning my actual argument. And then I'll probably bash it out in one or two days. And yes, I will go over it. But um, <laughs> apart from that, I like to just, once I'm in the zone, I can just write it out um, and I find it easier that way. So, but this is, this is like basically what, what our point is, is that you can do it so many different ways and there is no one way to get your deadlines done. Um, people, that's the great thing about the independent side to uni is although you have so few contact hours and it can be a bit overwhelming just you know picking your own own essay question and being expected to get on with it you can work how you want and you can play to your strengths in that way which is really great but don't abuse it either yeah because <laughs> you are here to work at the end of the day like you are yeah. paid nine grand a year so yeah I would recommend planning um I mean if you're the type of person who can bash out a day before and you know that you're going to get a good grade then go for it. I know so many people who the deadline will be at like 10am and they will start writing like 12 hours before Mm, and that stresses me out and they're completely (laughs) calm and I am so stressed out by that because I just kind of and then they they do really well and I'm like how do you do it so if you work that way and you know you can get it done then fine go for it um I hate you (laughs) but um but then equally if you know that you can't work like yeah, that. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do doing it. Doing don't it, be tempted. It's going to backfire. So, yeah. yeah. Um, potentially all of this sounds really overwhelming coming from school being spoon-fed like I was um, <laughs> as much as I did work for my A-levels. Teachers yeah, same. did loads. Um, if that sounds overwhelming, then going from that to this where you're literally given a set of essay questions and you have to pick and just do it all yourself then don't worry, I think everyone will be feeling the same and it is a lot more manageable than it sounds. Freshers is all about getting you into the swing of things as well, so it sounds like a huge jump, but you do have a whole year to get to grips with it and to like hone your technique, hone your planning, all of that kind of thing. Yeah, and make use of your tutors. Like, I think I didn't learn that quickly enough. Like, I definitely do now um, because because you don't have that same relationship that you have or at first anyway that you have with the teacher at school where you're spending all this time together and if you're in a small class then you kind of get to know each other and kind of develop a bit of rapport with your teacher um it can seem really intimidating to go to your tutor's office especially if they're just a lecturer and you don't even have them for a seminar and they literally just stand in front and talk at you don't be scared just go because every tutor has office hours which is basically like an hour a week or two which is like their designated time for for students to come and ask them any questions or talk about any queries they have use them they yeah. are that's what they're there for i don't think i use them at all during freshers but this no. year i've probably been to visit each tutor about three or four yeah, times same it's good because it not only helps you with your work but they also get to know you because yeah. sometimes when you're in a big seminar you can kind of get lost in the crowd a bit yeah so exactly. it's nice to just let them get to know you a bit more and as at well. the end of the day they're the ones who will be marking your essays and me and Ellie complain about this all the time but for our subjects the marking is so subjective which can be really frustrating because you feel like you've tried to do your best and you try to do what other tutors have said but this tutor just hasn't liked it um and it, it can be really disheartening but if you go and speak to them then you're way more likely to know exactly what they want from you yeah, because I found that so much. Yeah. Because it varies so much between tutors that just going before I write my essay and being like, 
what kind of an angle do you think I should take on yeah. this? Or, um, I've had this feedback before, how would you recommend I adjust it? Lovely, like every single tutor I've had has been really nice. They're yeah. there to help you, that is their job. Yeah, and if anything, they love it. Rather than students they see not turning up to their lectures, like just watching them from home, if you've made the effort, as long as you don't go, not even knowing what you're really going for, like having done no, if you're not sure about an essay, having done no prep whatsoever and tried no reading and expecting them to do it for you, unless you do that, the chances are they will be really happy that you're taking an interest in their subject because at the end of the day, academics at uni are there, like it's their life's work studying. So they will love the opportunity to talk to you about their subject and what they want from your essay. It will make it way more interesting for them to read in the long run anyway. So definitely try and make use of those. Also, it's so cool just to chat to someone that's really passionate about something that you're interested in. Yeah. I feel like I've learned quite a lot to office hours yeah definitely like I remember in January even this year so I've been at uni for a year and a half by that point um I went to one of my philosophy tutors and I was like can you just tell me how we're actually supposed to read for seminars because that sounds you know and I felt a bit stupid doing it because I was like oh surely that's the most basic thing but I just wanted to go over it with someone because it had never actually been explicitly said to me Mm. and I wasn't sure that I was making the best use of my time and he was so helpful and totally took on board my feedback that you know I hadn't been taught that and it would have been really helpful and so no question is too stupid they will appreciate you taking the time out and the chances are you'll benefit from doing it so do make use of those so as we've spoken about already your assessment well for history philosophy and english is generally <laughs> um, a split between essays and exams but obviously with everything else going on at uni this can sometimes get a little difficult to balance yeah definitely there's so much going on at uni and even you'll be surprised how quickly you get used to lions and staying up late and <laughs> um, going out in the evening and then just thinking oh I've only got an hour tomorrow for my lecture so that's fine I can do this so even if you're not joining loads of societies or taking part in sports or things like that which I definitely think you should make the most of while you're at uni it can be really difficult to balance your work with everything else you're doing not to sound scary though because I mean it's difficult but it's so so rewarding because you've got so much going on but it's all great stuff yeah even if it's writing an essay like you're at uni so it's still pretty pretty good yeah no it is it is hard and it can be a bit overwhelming at first but it's definitely manageable it's just important that you have a think about okay so I've got like say I've got Wednesday off I don't have anything don't see that as like another day of the weekend see that as okay I've got a whole day to do some reading and yeah that sounds gross on the face of it but if you don't take that time you will regret it <laughs> um, in the long run when you've got an essay deadline and you haven't done enough reading. So I think me and Anna are pretty similar in the way that I'll kind of look at my day as if it were a school day. Yeah. So I'll get up in the morning, in the week. I won't really let myself lie in too much. I mean, I won't yeah. get up as early as I used to for school, but yeah. I'll still get up, um, have a morning of doing work, give myself like a couple of hours for lunch yeah, and then get back to work and then have the evening off. Yeah, that's generally like, I think we both were similar, we're kind of early birds, get up, get it done so that you can relax as soon as possible. I know loads of people who don't do that and again, some people work better at night, so you just have to factor in, that's the independence thing again, factor in what works for you. Um, but definitely, I think, whatever hours you do, when whatever time of day you're most productive, try and treat it like a working day. 
this year I've actually found working on campus a lot easier. I used to just work in my room last year, which was fine. But this year, because we live in a house, I'm just so easily distracted um, by Ellie and the boys we live with. And it's almost like I like being distracted because then I can pretend that I can't do the work. What a shame. <laughs> but if I come to campus, it feels a bit like a job. It feels like coming to work. I'll just come um, meet a friend for lunch or something, but stay in like the library and work and then go home and I can just enjoy being at home. But I know, Ellie, you like working at home. Yeah, I quite like working at home. Um, but then again, it's just completely different. Yeah. Um, I still get in the zone at home. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's just up to you. how You'll learn how you prefer working early on. Yeah. Yeah, and things with, like, if you're doing other activities, like if you've got sports commitments at uni, generally matches are, like, on Wednesday afternoons, and if they're away, then that's, like, your whole day just take things into account and do like do go out like especially in first year we went out a few times a week this year probably went down to like once a week (laughs) less than that when I was really tired and stressed don't think that you have to say no to stuff because you don't you can fit it in you just have to be careful about it oh yeah so I mean saying that we treat it as a school day like if I'm going out say on the Monday I'm not gonna be like oh no because I have to get up unless I've got something really urgently due in at the beginning of time I won't be like oh no I have to get up super early in the morning to work you just kind of make up for it later on in the week it's just all about balance and learning your routine yeah absolutely and just try and take it one day at a time and think right I'm gonna try and get this done today and then I'll deal with the rest the next day and then yeah go out in the evening have fun but just factor it in like I'm quite good at if I'm hungover like just getting up and getting on with it anyway like I don't think I could write an essay hungover or I wouldn't want to but if I've just got a day of reading then I will do it anyway yeah, same. um if I'm going out on that Monday I'll miss a morning of work but then I'll make sure that I have an extra morning on Saturday or something just yeah things like that moving moving it around not as rigid as school like just go with the flow a bit more yeah um and so then like I think we finally kind of wanted to talk about like the jump from first year to second year because like we've I mean, I feel like we've covered the jump from A-levels to uni and how it's different. Um, But everyone says, like... I mean, I don't know what it's going to be like second year to third year, but everyone says there's a big leap between years. And obviously, your degree actually counts in second year. Um, So that's a bit daunting. And I definitely felt a jump. I don't know if you did. Yeah, I did. But I think I was more comfortable in what I was doing. So, yeah, I had a bit more work. But I felt so much more like I knew what I was doing than I did in first year. Yeah. I knew my way around the uni. Yeah, that helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, I knew faces of the tutors a bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just knew, like, how essays worked and things. So definitely make the most of using first year as a way to find your footing because it will yeah. make that jump all the more easier. It will be so easy during first year to be like, oh, this doesn't count. Let's just not do it. But then at the end of the day, that's not why you're here. And that's just going to, in the future, make it so much worse for yourself. Yeah, if you don't work in first year, you are screwed for second yeah. year because it will just be a shock to the system. Um, and it, I mean, it's probably manageable in some way, but it will just make your life so much easier if you actually work in first year. Because so um, many people are just like, oh, I only need 40%. Yeah. But then when you get to second year, you're a bit like, but what am I meant to be doing to get these high grades? Yeah. Because if you're trying in first year, then you know what you're meant to be doing to get the high grades. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I think I found it quite a jump just in terms of essay lengths got a lot higher. So I think, you know, most of my essays in first year were 1,500 words and suddenly I was getting a 3,000 word essay. I was being expected to run a seminar on a group in history. And I was like, oh, how am I going (laughs) to do all this? But again, 
if you've got a solid basis from first year, you'll be fine. It's just getting used to the fact that you might have to go out a tiny bit less or not and just powering through it anyway. Yeah. Um, again, like anything, I feel like our general advice for everything on uni is it's a bit tough, but it will be manageable and it's true. And there is support there to help you. Hence us saying, really do make use of tutors' office hours. If you can't go to the office hours, just drop them an email. Like most of mine are quite good at replying quickly yeah, and saying, same. can I see you another time? And they'll be happy to help. So I know all this work probably sounds really horrible, but it's genuinely enjoyable. And I'm not, yeah. just, <laughs> not just sounding really keen, but I yeah. ha- there's only been maybe like one module that I've looked back on and been like, oh, that was a bit of a slog. Yeah, when like, you're in the thick of it and you've got a deadline coming up and another one after it, it seems like a never-ending <laughs> battle type thing. But it it is it is enjoyable. I do like my degree and there have been times where I've cried over it and thought, oh, I'm not going to be able to do it. But you will, if you've chosen a subject you like, you will and you will be fine. You'll look back and be really proud because it's tough, Like, but you've gone through it. Yeah, and just think, like, they're asking, like, grades for you to get into uni the fact that they've offered you a place is because they know what they need from you and what grades they expect from you to be able to do well at uni so if you've got into your uni they know you can do it yeah absolutely so we've spoken pretty solidly throughout (laughs) this podcast so I think to round up we're just going to answer a question that we've had and that's what what is the realistic day in the life of a student okay um so for me it depends on whether I've gone out the night before, but if I haven't, which is a case a lot of the time in this year, um, I'll get up early, try and be up at like eight, maybe, um, get ready for the day, have breakfast, I'll head to campus, um, work in the library, or I actually work in our careers department, just because it's quieter than the library, and do reading, if it's just a general prep day, get lunch with a friend, then do more reading all afternoon, probably go home at like five. So I try and do like nine to five, like a job, chill a bit, catch up with everyone, make myself dinner, eat it. (laughs) And then depending on whether if I'm having a chilled evening in, maybe me and Ellie will watch a film. If going out, get ready, it's a bit of a rush, pre-drink and go out um, and then try and do it all again the next day. Um, if I've got more time and it's a weekend like it's really nice to go into Exeter Town Centre and if I've got some money shop (laughs) go for a walk like often I feel like I don't have enough time when I've got deadlines coming up to do as much as I want to in the city I'm sure we'll talk about that in a future episode but um, it is really nice to actually go into the city centre if I've got time at the weekend yeah what about you <laughs> I think mine's pretty similar I'll probably get up a bit later than you yeah. probably about half eight I aim to like start work by ten half nine um and then I'll probably work pretty solidly around until about half twelve have a break I normally watch an episode of tv at lunchtime just because that's yeah. how I can chill I don't work in my bed because that's yeah. like my chill zone so I'll go upstairs sit and watch an episode and then I'll get back to work at about yeah. two-ish. Probably do about the same as you until half five, I reckon yeah, I work. Like that, yeah. um, have some dinner. In the evening, I often have society stuff to do. Sometimes I'll do that at lunch if I have a lot to do as well, but I prefer to give myself a break. Um, so I get some society stuff done in the evening. And then, yeah, same as you, watch a film, go yeah. out, 
also we've both got jobs as well so that kind of yeah. affects things as well sometimes yeah maybe we should talk about that another time um, yeah yeah we could do that in our money episode i think uh, yes yeah <laughs> ellie knows <laughs> well i think we'll probably leave it there because we've rambled on even longer than the first episode but thank you so much for listening we hope that it's been a vaguely helpful yeah and if you've got any questions tweet us email us yeah comment. i was gonna say i think we're gonna try and set up a twitter and an email account so hopefully we've got that organized and if we have we'll put it in the show notes so please do if you have any questions or any comments or feedback on literally any question no question is a stupid question yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) that's what we've learned from this episode um okay thank you thanks bye